are gonna be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. Thank you for joining us here on the mom show on my talk 1071 and streaming at mytalk1071.com i am shannon always so happy to have you join us on the show because what we do whether you're a mom a caregiver whether you're just a regular human being we provide resources for you there are so many topics that we mean to cover throughout our week but then life becomes life and uh, quite often we get just enough information to lose more sleep when we probably need more and so we have a rotating panel of experts that come through and help impart wisdom to all of our my talkers that are out there and today we have a great great collection of wisdom that is going to be provided care uh, courtesy of care counseling so today with us shannon henry and heidi bausch two of the therapists at care counseling thank you very much for joining us we appreciate it and whenever we have our friends from care counseling come in we do talk about mental health in a lot of generalities so we have lots of things but today we are specifically going to cover the concept of grief correct mm -hmm. correct and i think so often when we are talking about this subject matter we kind of go we just lump everything into this bucket of grief so i think maybe for our conversation today can one of you heidi or shannon can you start with what's the general description and what we're going to cover today yeah, absolutely. Thank so you. So thank for you, Shannon. Us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we think about grief, I think a lot of times we think about someone who has lost a loved one. Right. Um, and definitely uh, people do grieve after the loss of a loved one. But grief can also encompass what we call ambiguous grief or disenfranchised. And really what that is about is those instances such as think about like, Somebody gets divorced, you have the ending of a relationship, even the loss of a pet, or in maybe an elderly population, you think of people who have um, are struggling with dementia or perhaps Alzheimer's. So um, or even the idea of somebody who has lost their ability to drive. Right. Did you want to add to that? Yeah, maybe? I also think about, you know, people that are having shifts in identity. And so somebody that is maybe changing careers or lost their job or potentially moving um, states, cities, these parts of ourselves that become so strongly aligned with who we are, there's this ambiguous loss of even though maybe something positive has come out of it, there's still part of our identity that is so ladies so basically if you're allowed as a human being to grieve anything in particular that's going on it doesn't always have to be that there is a death there are lots of things that you would end up grieving like I you know I remember my son is in those transitional that transitional age and I can watch him even even though he's just 11 I do feel mm -hmm. as though he is kind of you know he is he is missing his youth mm -hmm. like because he's going through that phase and so do we just as human beings go through those kind of transitions and that's when will a lot of these things will be triggered absolutely absolutely i think especially with life transitions my son just went off to college and now we're empty nesters right. and definitely that's a period of grieving i like to say i pre-grieved <laughs> um, but yes those those transitions and those changes in life that that 
really affect who we are, our identity in many cases. So, I mean, do we have that just in little steps? Like, how do we, you know, go, okay, this is what I'm experiencing if you're in the midst of it? Like, how do we as a human being going, you know what, maybe this is what this particular feeling is when you're talking about grief? I think it looks so different, right, for every individual. And that's the magic uh, is the way that I talk about the magic with grief is that it is such a unique, distinct experience for all of us. And so it can come up as anxiety. It can come up as depression. It can come up as anger. It can come up as joy, actually. It can come up as elatedness in some ways, too. It can come up as withdrawn. And so I think it's, you know, we build this this insight and awareness about ourselves when we start noticing, you know, something's different about our way of being and the world um, and what is that difference about what is it kind of telling us or, or showing us in terms of what we feel like we've lost in some ways I don't know if you've th- mm-hmm. anything to add no I think I mean definitely as we're talking about disenfranchised and ambiguous grief mm-hmm. I think that's something that we can all relate to and it's something as we were saying that everybody experiences actual loss of a loved one mm-hmm. or in some cases where um where I've worked with clients that have had a traumatic loss, that's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we do appreciate our two therapists from Care Counseling, Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch, for joining us. I do want to remind everybody that this is uh, a very broad subject matter. We do cover a lot of topics, but this does not constitute a relationship. Please keep in mind that each individual situation out there is unique, and therefore the information that we give may not be applicable to you. We do encourage everyone out there to use this basically as a springboard. Um, If you have a question though or if you want to use this as a way to basically start a domino effect in your life we do encourage you to be part of the mom show our number is 651-641-1071 that's 651-641-1071 if you'd like to talk to our therapist today from care counseling now you mentioned disenfranchised grief Mm -hmm. so what is that shannon so disenfranchised is when um almost like you don't have the right to grieve okay people don't acknowledge that grief Mm -hmm. Um, so think of, well, actually think of if you lose a friend or yes. a coworker, um, people don't necessarily acknowledge mm-hmm. that loss in your life, but you can obviously grieve and feel very bereft because maybe you were very close to that coworker. Right. Um, but family members might go, well, they're just somebody you saw on Tuesdays. Right. It's okay. Fair right. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you feel unseen in that moment. You feel this like sense of. Um, misunderstood and in some ways are sort of alone in that experience. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's commonly what we hear, you know, or what I've experienced with disenfranchised grief. And think of the loss of a pet. That's Mm -hmm. a big one where people kind of pass that over and, you know, say, oh, I'm really sorry and don't think about it. But pets are a part of our life right. for a lot of us. And mm-hmm. I think that there are, like, I can remember times in my life because there was somebody who was part of my quote-unquote community mm-hmm. that we lost. And trying to explain to my husband at the time, he just didn't understand because this was someone who wasn't key in our relationship as far as he was concerned. This was someone that I had known from before that we used to be very tight, that was in a similar industry to me. And so me trying to explain, no, this was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It never really resonated. Right. It was like I was just whining and I was looking atten- looking for attention and shouldn't really be sad. Right. So when you're counseling people on that type of grief, usually, you know, how do we just in generalities try and tell people that it's okay to not be okay? Mm. I think one line that I use a lot, um, even just with myself, right, and friends and, and with clients, too, is, you know, 
all of our experiences are valid. All of our experiences are true and real to us, whatever they might be. And we're all going to grieve the way that we grieve, however, the way in which we do, whenever we do at the frequency or, you know, level or, um, you know, feeling of depth that we do. And, and that is what it is because that's our own experience. Mm-hmm. I think this might be a good opportunity to bring up some myths associated with grief mm-hmm. because, uh, so for instance, a lot of people, when they think of grief, they think of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And in that um, model of grieving, it's very linear. And so really that's a myth because grief is not linear. It's more likened to a roller coaster. Okay. Really ups and downs and it sort of ebbs and flows. So when we're sitting with someone and we're talking about that, we want to talk about that idea of you will grieve and you may grieve intensely Mm -hmm. and then you may move into your life for a while and then you may grieve intensely again. And it could be something that sets that off, a song, a smell, Mm -hmm. a recipe, seeing someone's writing. Or having a quiet pocket in your day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. A moment to do that. Yeah. So, um, and then this idea that everyone grieves the same, which we've talked about, we've touched on, you will get over it. You don't get over grief. Mm -mm. You, You walk through it. Um, you you process it over time, but you don't get over it. Right. And so you're saying that one of those myths, because when we go back to what you're saying originally, that, you know, this is one of those things, and we seem like we cover this a lot when we're talking about mental health. There are stages. We like numbers. We like to be able to mm-hmm. go. You go from A to B to C. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying when you're talking about these myths is quite often that's not the case. Correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Absolutely. part of, you know, having that narrative around it is this piece of acceptance that we can have about these experiences, because I think, you know, we're conditioned or socialized in society or, you know, our cultures to grieve a certain way. Right. This is what we see on television. This is what we see from people in our lives. We've Hollywoodized it like so many other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then we get this judgment. Oh, I'm not doing it right. I'm not grieving right. I should be, you know done feeling this way i just had that conversation with somebody the other day or mm-hmm. i should be i should have moved on by now right i even almost had that thought even within myself and so i think that there's this part of us that has this judgment or this characterological feeling of something's wrong or we're doing something wrong and so being able to say you know it's all an individual experience and we're all going to do it in the way in which it is meaningful to us that gives us kind of the opportunity or the space to feel acceptance about whatever it is that we're experiencing. Well, today we are covering the topic of grief here on The Mom Show, courtesy of our friends from Care Counseling, Ms. Heidi Bausch and Shannon Henry. We're going to cover more of the processing of grief when we return. We're also willing to take your questions. If you want to be part of The Mom Show, today is a great day to do that. You can call us at 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mom Show here on My Talk 1071, also streaming at MyTalk1071.com. We appreciate you being part of it. And today we are covering something that probably sounds like, oh, this is going to be a very complicated process. But that is why we are talking about grief today, is to uncomplicate and demystify so much that goes on in the grieving process. And so we are being helped to do that from care counseling. We have two of their therapists, Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch. And so if you have any questions, again, please be part of the show. The number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. And we kind of gave a general overview of what grief really is and kind of like help clarify when we're using that word 
what it could entail. And so now when we're going through that process, how do we kind of like we're trying to help people go, here's what you're doing. Here's this individual situation. And it's okay that you don't feel the way that you saw in a movie. Right, ladies? Right. And so I think it would be nice to talk a little bit about what what are some normal grief reactions. Um, So we might think of someone when they're grieving that they would be crying. And that obviously is a normal grief reaction. But it could also affect the way people are um, sleeping. So Mm -hmm. sleep disturbance. They might have trouble going to sleep. Oftentimes, clients that I've worked with will talk about waking up in the middle of the night and um, really being disturbed, maybe maybe having dreams or trouble going back to sleep, um, really questioning their spiritual beliefs or their spirituality. Um, occasionally, Heidi, you spoke about this having moments of joy or happiness that doesn't seem congruent with that grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it that we kind of, when you're doing that, when you experience this, elation we'll call it is it that your 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 body and your psyche might be overcorrecting because you feel bad in one thing so it's like well let me focus on these things that make me feel good mm-hmm. i think sometimes uh, you know we have maybe have a protective reaction right we don't want to experience that that depth or that deepness in our sadness and so we can refocus our energy right towards something that might produce uh, a larger sense of joy right because that's what we're seeking or that's what we're needing because we've been feeling this sort of lull in life and so i think that could be you know it could be a transition of our you know emotion of sadness or anger whatever the case may be it could also be that you know we we need a break from the grief too mm-hmm. and and we and that's something that we've identified that you know i i just need to have happiness or contentment right or, or peace right now and so i that's just want to think gonna, about something else yeah okay and so that's what i'm going to have in my life right mm-hmm. and then other people you know might see that and say you know I, I wonder if something's wrong with them under the surface or they might you know have some judgment around that because of their idea of what grief would look like in in their you know projection of how they might experience whatever that loss was um, and that's the piece where you know we want to keep coming back to this point of acceptance of self of how you are experiencing your grief because it really will look different for whatever it is that you need. And I think that it also is it, it's on both sides when you talk about the the projection of things, mm-hmm. Heidi. And when you're saying, "Well, I am their friend or I am their loved one. I want to help, mm-hmm. so I'm going to tell them that they should act this way." Mm-hmm. Maybe they're mm-hmm. holding it in, mm-hmm. and then the person is going, "No, this is how I process." Mm-hmm. So does it can, kind of just snowball and just on both sides where you're going, "Well, now I don't know if I'm feeling mm-hmm. the right way." So how do I even start feeling? Like maybe I'm like, well, this is how I do it. And they're like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so are you saying there's no wrong? Well, I think it's one thing that I talk about with clients, too, is that there is no right or wrong. There's mm-hmm. no black or white way of being in this. And and sometimes that can be uncomfortable, right? Because then it kind of there's so much ambiguity around right. that. And and we want that like, OK, here's what I need to do or here's what I need to feel because it adds some structure. Or and there'll be an end point if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. OK, it's like if I can go through all of these things, I will get to step number 12 mm-hmm. and then I am done with steps and we can move on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the most important thing that a therapist can do with their client is hold space for them. Mm -hmm. It's really about that idea of um, essentially witnessing their story, witnessing what happened in their life. And this is more in the case of the death of a loved one, probably. Um, The other thing I want to bring up here that with that process of grieving is that with children, um, that grief process can look very different. It's Mm -hmm. very much a process of intense grief or sadness and then they might 
go out and play with their friends. And their parents are like, what's going on with them? Are they okay? As Mm -hmm. you were saying, Heidi. But yeah, it's that process, that ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. And really helping people to understand that that's normal, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And just holding them in that space of allowing them to sort of experience those emotions. Well, I'm one of the things we talked about is that the the differentiation between basically if you can see something coming and you find yourself preparing for it and then when things are sprung upon us Mm -hmm. because life gives us both. Mm -hmm. So can we start with how would you transition if you kind of see it coming? It seems like that would be obviously uh, you you mentioned pre-grief, and I don't think that you meant it directly in this context, but that's kind of what I think some people do or mm-hmm. choose not to do. Um, we brought up an example, like right now we were all talking about earlier today, here in the Twin Cities, we were talking about the Twin Cities Film Fest, and we saw a film last night that happened to be called A Perfect 14, and it showcased a, a model who was going through life, and you know, not to giant spoil the film, but it does turn out that she does go through a cancer battle, and... We end up losing her. Um, And so, but it was her family watching their process of continuing to try and be positive about the scenario, but knowing that the scenario may end up eventually being inevitable that they were going to lose her. And so if you're in a family scenario like that, I think that that does happen often Mm -hmm. where you want to be that combination of let's be, I want to put positive vibes in their life. I don't want to seem like there's a problem, but you also want to be realistic for yourself, possibly. Mm -hmm. So how do you help people balance that as therapists? Well, that's anticipated grief. Right. So, yes, I think that is a very challenging process for people. Mm -hmm. I think it, it definitely is about holding, again, holding a space for them to talk about what they're feeling, talk about that experience. I mean, in that movie last night, that young woman, she was so um, excited about her goal of modeling in New York City, and she really held out for that. I mean, she fought her her battle right. with cancer because she wanted that moment. Mm. Um, and it was really amazing to see that process. And I think for her family, they just stayed positive with her around that. But for all of them, having the support of being able to talk about what if she doesn't make it? Right. Because that's okay. Those are real feelings that they, I'm sure, were experiencing at the time. At the same time, they're probably holding her up and honoring her desire to battle through and, and be successful in fighting cancer. And one of the things she said is that she said that she was talking to her brother, and her brother had found the quote of, a person doesn't get cancer, a family gets cancer. Mm-hmm. And she really talked about how... She was very, she considered herself very fortunate because she did have this support group and she didn't know how people did it without it. So realizing that it's okay for the people who are surrounding you to feel exhausted, even though you're not the actual person. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one thing that I talk about with anticipated loss and and holding that space as you're talking about and and thinking about this family and and their journey with their daughter and and siblings um, is how, you know, how do you maybe want to honor that person? Um, you know, throughout the process, but also, you know, as you navigate through the process in general, whatever that might be um, in terms of the anticipated loss and after that loss, how can they hold space for themselves and, you know, the person that they love um, in that in that journey? Mm-hmm. Personally, one of the things that I've talked to my therapist about as I'm going through things is 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 trying to be okay with the fact that even though my son has additional challenges, that I do have the right to grieve what would have been or what I thought mm-hmm. my parenting experience was going to be like. And that was one of the things that you feel guilty about it because he's doing well, 
but it's also giving myself license to go, this isn't what I thought, mm-hmm. although I am very happy with where we are. You know, it's, it's, it does seem to be kind of a juxtaposition, I think, for a lot of people where you want to be um, so supportive of the scenario that you're in. But you still realize that it's not necessarily where you thought you were going to be. And I'm sure that that happens with a lot of people as well as they are anticipating a lot of these scenarios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you can hold both, right? That's part of that acceptance piece that both those things can be true and both can be honored in, in whatever way that's meaningful to you and sort of navigating that um, and, and giving space for you know, people to explore both of those truths in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to go into break again. So when we get back, Heidi and Shannon, are, is it okay if we kind of move on to talking about unanticipated yeah. loss and how those things go? We're also willing to take your calls. The number, it's very easy. It's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch from Care Counseling here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming at MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon. Joining us from Care Counseling, we have Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch, two of their amazing therapists. And I just want to, before we move back into talking about grief, reminding everybody that, you know, finding the right counselor is very, you know, it, it's important. It can be a journey, but there are lots of places that can be your first call. And care counseling is that kind of place, you know, where if you're going, okay, I've never seen a counselor before. I have this going on. I don't know where to begin. Care counseling is a great opportunity for those kind of things. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that people can do is go to the website and all the clinicians have their bio on there. So they're able to at least take that first look and and kind of read what that clinician's experience and maybe sort of focus areas so that's helpful and mm-hmm. the website again is carecounseling.com that's carecounseling.com and just reminding everybody we've talked about this before um that your first meetings are probably easier than your second third and fourth meetings and so you know it's having an expectation that just like anytime you go see a personal trainer or you go to any sort of class it probably is a little bit different than what it'll be as you get into the process right Absolutely. The first meetings are really, there's some paperwork that's involved. There's building rapport, getting to know each other, uh, hearing the stories. And then as you go on, it becomes more about the therapy. Right. So So it really isn't about just feeling like you could come in and genie blink anything away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The other thing I talk about, too, with uh, clients in the first day or for the first session is we're getting to know what it's like to be in a room with one another and i think you know all of us as humans we have an instinct or an intuition about you know the people that we're interacting with and and engaging with and are they safe and are these you know individuals that i feel like i can disclose to or that i can feel comfortable with and that's kind of what the first sessions are mm-hmm. um, all about and today we we're talking about the concept of grief and this seems like one of those uh scenarios where you'd go Oh, I know what this feels like. I don't feel right. I'm grieving. I should go find a counselor. But in general, there are lots of other reasons why you go, no, this would also be effect, uh, an effective reason for you to go and see a counselor. You're not just whining. It's not an indulgence. You're not, you know, all of these things that are overall quality activities for you as a human being to feel better in your own skin are all valid reasons to go and have a counselor speak with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think anytime you're in a point of transition or you are, you know, moving from one stage of life to another or anytime that you're curious about exploring parts of, you know, where you are in life, I think those are all reasons that you could, 
you know, find some type of value and, and meaning of, you know, speaking with somebody that's a little bit more removed from your life, too. And, and that can be a really safe space to do so. And we'd got to the point when we were discussing Greece, we had talked about some of that uh, anticipated loss, if you were in that particular scenario. But we were going to say we're going to also cover that unanticipated loss. Yes. So when you think of unanticipated loss, that is somebody who has maybe lost a loved one um, who's completed suicide or uh, perhaps they've had, um, let's say, a horrible car accident and they, they've lost their life that way. Um, or it could even be someone who's gone into the hospital with an illness and then doesn't come out. Right. Um, so it's, it's that idea that the loss happens usually suddenly um, without warning and it's devastating. It really flips that person's world upside down. Mm -hmm. And you are also saying that that can be on a lot of different scales. So yes, it can actually, you know, regard someone's life, but it could also be losing your job unexpectedly mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, a relationship ending that you thought was long term. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. A friend moving across the country. Sometimes it can happen very quickly with job changes or life changes in any certain way. And, um, you know, sometimes those friendships are, you know, the closest relationships in our life, too. So when you're helping people explore that part of grief, how do you, you know, is it is it different in that it still seems so much more shocking or jarring than when we're dealing with the anticipated grief? Well, so my process of working with people that are struggling with that is that, first of all, helping them to understand that their life has been turned upside down mm -hmm. and really um, being with them in that moment and helping them process some of those feelings. I tend to take a um, what I call a traumatic growth approach, which is that idea that as they work through their grief, um, they're able to actually grow from this experience. It changes the way they see the world. It changes their really their identity um, and and that idea that this horrible experience, this this really traumatic loss um, can bring growth in their life. Mm -hmm. And I think about the, the concept of resilience, you know, we talk about it in all different types of ways um, within our culture. And, and I think about it in terms of traumatic growth, right? And that sense of resilience and how we're able to navigate through, you know, this, this loss that was dramatic, unexpected, probably very significant in our life in a certain type of way um, and really find meaning in it when it's time and, and for us, right? When it's meaningful for us to find meaning. I think that's, you know, one of the things that we don't quite talk about sometimes with unanticipated losses, you know, people in our lives, they can, they can feel really uncomfortable with the loss and they want to support us and help us. And, and in doing so, sometimes, you know, there's this, this need for them, for us to kind of move through the grief. Right. And, and when, unexpected loss you know one thing that we experience in in the therapy rooms is sometimes that takes a little bit longer because of that process you were talking about in terms of mm -hmm. you know seeing that your world is is sometimes flipped from that kind of yeah thing. and you know the average number of days off mm -hmm. uh, that people get for grieving is three right and that is for a close family member mm -hmm. So we aren't even talking for other types of grief no. or people outside of that core group. It's three days. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's nobody gets through something in three days. No, where you can't go, well, no, I, I've washed that away and I mm -hmm. can put it on the back burner. Right, right. 
Well, we've talked about what we'll, what I will consider, we'll say the black and white versions of grief. Mm-hmm. So we can have this, okay, you saw the loss coming, you didn't see the loss coming, but then what's that, that gray area? Like when we're talking about this ambiguous loss. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about that and when you were talking uh, with your, your clients and your patients, how do you kind of quantify that? Yeah, in terms of um, having this sort of process of you feeling a loss that maybe others don't see or you experiencing a loss that other people don't recognize or acknowledge. I think that one, um, there's there's a different kind of space I hold for that in therapy um, in terms of making sure you know that I that I'm communicating that I am showing that person that I see and and I can hear their their loss that maybe others don't in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think um, you know when you think of a divorce, or again we were talking about like the loss of a coworker or maybe a close friend. Um, I think honoring that process with them mm-hmm. of this was an important person in your life. Or mm-hmm. I think of a pet. I keep mm-hmm. going back to that, but so many people have like pets that they're really close Mm -hmm. to and that are family members Mm -hmm. to them. And so being able to honor that relationship Mm -hmm. that they had and really take them through somewhat of the same process Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can, you can, um, you can grieve this loss. You can have a safe space to talk about Mm -hmm. this loss and what that meant, that person, that pet, that relationship meant in your life. Um, you can continue the bonds. A lot of times in cases of death and unanticipated um, loss, we talk about, or anticipated, we talk about the idea of you can continue the bond and carry that person's legacy or that relationship's mm-hmm. legacy forward. You integrate it into who you become as you create your identity going forward. And it does seem like this kind of falls into line with uh, what I know a number of our my talkers are probably dealing with and also some of my close friends because we're at that in-between age where you might be raising your kids, but you also have your your family, your your parents. And yeah. a lot of us seem to be dealing with that because I have three friends that I can name right off the bat that are dealing with those dementia care mm-hmm. type things and mm-hmm. memory loss issues and, and, and things that they were not anticipating that they would be taking care of their parents. Mm -hmm. and now they are Mm -hmm. and so that's one of those things where i've been watching my friends go through this 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 grieving process of well this is not what i thought my relationship with my parents was ever going to be Mm -hmm. and feelings you know in some cases resentful Mm -hmm. that now that they're in this position of being the caregivers Mm -hmm. right my mom um i was in that situation with my own mother and she struggled with dementia and i remember going in and she got to a point where I don't even know if she remembered me when I was in there. And then, but I just always went along with it. Whatever she was telling me, you know, she'd say, I was downtown with the kids today and I was making them dinner and I'd be like, wow, mom, your day was really tough. Right. I mean, you know, and I just mm-hmm. kind of go along with it. And, but it was very difficult because yes, I had little kids at home and I'm taking care of her and it's really challenging mm-hmm. for people. And I think about that in like the context of what we have coming up here in terms of, you know, Halloween is our holiday in the most immediate future. And then we have a series of them that go, you know, all throughout the rest of the year. And so thinking about these ambiguous losses, anticipated losses, unanticipated losses, disenfranchised loss. I think, you know, how do we how do we walk with people through the holidays and and support them in honoring, you know, where they are in their loss um, and and where they feel is meaningful for them to be throughout these 
It is perfect timing for you to bring that up, Heidi, because we need to go to our final break of the show so we can cover all of those things as the holidays are approaching and talk to people about how they can work through these processes for themselves and their family. When we get back, we'll return on The Mom Show with our friends from Care Counseling. Again, the number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon. Our friends from Care Counseling are here with us today as well. Two of the therapists, Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch, and we are covering the concept of grief um, and how there is often not a right or wrong answer. And it's perfect timing as we are moving into the holidays, which is always a difficult time for so many of us to navigate. And, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about um, regarding a lot of the things as my talkers is that we are all big fans of movies and TV shows and so and pop culture. So much of what we absorb are things that we see there and reminding ourselves that those are created reality not actual reality and allowing ourselves as real life human beings to navigate these situations differently and especially when we start to talk about the ho- the holidays right Heidi and Shannon is that we have this idea in our head of what it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. you know what it is and especially here in the Midwest where we do get snow it's like winter we're supposed to love it and we'll throw <laughs> snowballs and we'll make <laughs> snowmen and angels and everything is going to be amazing mm-hmm. and then you go well no maybe I don't feel good And maybe having all of these interactions with my family will be more stressful. Maybe I do have to process some things. Maybe it does bring up some very triggery activities. And the holidays aren't always something that we rush into and people love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, I think about, you know, we we usually talk about the big holidays, you know, around December um, or in thanks, obviously Thanksgiving over November. But I was even talking to someone about Halloween recently and how that was a really special time of year for them and their loved one. And I wouldn't have thought about Halloween as a time where I might want to, you know, honor that person's loss by, you know, walking with them on Halloween. And so it's just having an awareness that there are a lot of dates and times and and moments when people are experiencing this reemergence of grief, whatever that might be, or reemergence of an experience, um, either through, you know, like you had said, smelling something, hearing a certain song around a certain holiday, um, being in a certain space, being with, you know, people that remind us of the of the person or place or thing that we've lost and and there's just there's a lot um, of dynamics around this time of year Mm -hmm. and i think with holidays that's a time that we are getting together with family Mm -hmm. and um and these expectations as you said miss shannon about um that the shows and the commercials show us about how we're supposed to feel in that sense of community and oftentimes i think when you're in the midst of grief whether it be a divorce, a life change, a, a death, mm-hmm. um, you feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. And so how can people around you help support you? And I think one of the biggest things, just as we were talking earlier in here, was um, keep talking about that person who has died mm-hmm. because it doesn't, if it's a person who has died or left the family, that they aren't, um, they can still be a part of it. They can mm-hmm. still their memory, their legacy, who they were in your lives can still be a part of that conversation. And I think we always encourage people that if you are feeling alone to make sure that you do pick up the phone, there are many resources for you to do. But can we then, we just talked about how 
you can support one another if you're in that scenario. But what if this is a time of the year where you feel increased uh, isolation? Mm. Maybe you don't feel like your family understands and you can share things with them. So normally, what would we suggest to that person that might feel like, you know what, I hate the holidays and Mm. I don't know what to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I think one thing is... um, Hopefully you have some community around you, whether it's friends, whether it's a church community, whether it's your work community, um, and let people know how you're feeling. I think that's always important because then you can ask for what you need. Um, People, especially around grief, especially around death, really struggle to understand how to help. And so often somebody who's experienced a death will get, well, how can I help you? And they're like, I have no idea how you can help me. Yes. Mm -hmm. So having, but letting people know that this is a really tough time for me. Um, Can you, can we go to a movie? Can you come over? Can you just, sometimes it's just, can, can I talk about this person that I loved and will you just listen to me? Will you just be there with me? Now, you've said that from the perspective of the person who would be asking for help as someone who wants to be supportive. Is that should I sometimes lead with a particular intention and give an uh, example of the mm-hmm. kind of thing that I can do? That mm-hmm. is fabulous. Okay. That is the best. Yeah. It, if you can go in and do that. It can feel like so much pressure on the person that is to grieving. figure out what exactly. to do okay, or what yeah. to ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so often, you know, we talked about sort of projection of grief, right? People's discomfort with talking about grief or, or what to do, what to say. You know, we, we get so nervous about that. And and that anxiety or that nervousness kind of gets projected on the person that's grieving and they have to sort of pick it up and carry it with right. them. And so part of it is, you know, as being supportive, we could say, you know, I really want to walk with you um, and honor this person with you or honor where you are in your process here are some ways that i might be able to do that you know maybe we go to a comedy show maybe we go to dinner maybe we go to a funny movie maybe we go to a sad movie and we just cry about something completely unrelated but we just cry and so maybe it's okay for the person who is ex- uh, accepting that existence uh, assistance to be okay with accepting it mm-hmm. you know instead of going you're not putting them out they're offering to help take the help yes absolutely mm-hmm. take the help and i do think and i can't say enough um talking about especially in the case of death talking about that person or allowing the person who's grieving ask them questions Mm -hmm. tell me how you met ask them about the relationship what did you love about that person what are you bringing forward Mm -hmm. um like what is their legacy how are how has that impacted your life how are you taking that forward with you and I also think about other questions, like, for example, the, you know, bringing up Halloween, as I mentioned. So I had asked the, the individual, you know, how, how, what was that person like on Halloween and, and how can we honor that? And so this, you know, this person gave out juice boxes for, for their gift and to the kiddos that would come. And so I said, let's hand out juice boxes. Right. You know, so it's like, it's asking questions about like what was special about that person around Thanksgiving or around, you know, snow time or around the new year. You know, what did they like? What colors? What scents? What songs? What foods? Whatever mm-hmm. um, can incorporate that person. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we think about the reemergence of grief and that's really overwhelming. But Shannon had talked about it earlier. We can also think about deepening that bond and, and reconnecting with that person person in really meaningful ways so it isn't a you know a detraction to sit there and go well you know what our aunt always was the one that made the pumpkin pie well i'm gonna try because i think that our aunt i'm gonna do my best to make what she would have made so we're not replacing her Mm -hmm. we're just bringing we're we're encouraging we're bringing her into the scenario again Mm -hmm. yes fair enough got you yeah 
I think that's a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, we continue to talk about holding space, you know, both within the therapy relationship, but also holding space, you know, within the holidays in terms of around the dinner table or around the kitchen or whatever the case may be. And so what do we need that space to look like? That can be hard to identify, but even just checking in with ourselves and saying, what what do I need? Do I need um, to, you know, come up with things that I can do to honor this person? Or do I need to just silently recognize that with myself and maybe one other person? Because how do you reconcile that in a family scenario? Mm -hmm. Because maybe one sibling really wants to honor something and then other parts of the family go, no, that's not how we want to do this. You're, you're, you know, so how do they start those conversations so that multiple needs can be met? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think about, you know, you had talked about having this conversation just in general. A lot of times we don't talk about it. We sort of roll into the holidays and it's really overwhelming. And so starting to initiate those conversations now, which I think the timing of this conversation here today with us is so important, is how do we start the dialogue Um, And maybe there is, you know, an opportunity for one person to honor, you know, in a different space than if the greater family is not looking to honor that person in that space together. Um, And so having that sort of plan ahead of, you know, how do we all get our needs met um, and how do we talk with one another about it? Mm -hmm. So it seems like the hard part about this, and we do talk about this often when we're talking to our friends over at Care Counseling, that the adulting part of this is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a matter of, you know, so many of the, 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 the problems that we see seem to need to address come from the fact that we are so so many barriers to communicating amongst you know our friends our family Mm -hmm. you know our loved ones it's very difficult to sit there and go here's how I can articulate what Mm -hmm. I need but still try and figure out how can I take care of what you need Mm -hmm. and it seems like there's often an imbalance Mm -hmm. um, that people uh, experience so do we have any tips that we have for our listeners that might be able to help them start that adulting communication process well I think the recognition that um, it's not always going to go the way you anticipate so going into the conversation and just being open to what that other person's experience is or how they want to, in the case of honoring someone who has passed, how they want to do that and being open to that. Um, but come, it's messy, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully you have this relationship with this person that you can work through the mess mm-hmm. and come out the other side of it. Right. And just maybe just acknowledging the fact that things are messy. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not pristine. We don't get to write our story and we can't mm-hmm. always, you know, have their part of the conversation. I think we do that as humans as well as we go, well, I'm going to say this and then this is what their response is yeah, going to be. Yeah, we do it in our head a lot <laughs> right. of time, right? We figure it all out and then totally. it's like, wait, it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> right. yeah. And just the knowingness that, you know, we, we can sift through the mess, right? And if we're feeling like, I don't know if I can get into the mess, like I don't know if I can... If I can get there, you know, come come talk with whoever is you know meaningful or important in your life. Come talk with care and and we can help navigate that. Well, we appreciate you both joining us again. We are joined by two of the therapists from Care Counseling, Shannon Henry and Heidi Bausch. We appreciate you. I'm sure we'll have you guys back on again soon. So thank you helping us navigate our uh, our grief today on the Mom Show. Remind everybody that if they need some help, please contact Care Counseling. It's carecounseling.com. You can also call them at 612-223-8898. That's 612-223-8898. And you can go to our page as well mytalk1071.com keyword mom show thank you boy for joining us thank Thank you you. very much